Welcome everyone to the Iron Fist podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. When did you become such a milkmaid? The Iron Fist podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 112, Bar the Big Boss, is brought to you by Hand Psychotherapy. We'll stitch your psyche right back together. Pete, as we enter the uh, penultimate episode for uh, Iron Fist, a couple of programming notes. Uh, of course, we're going to be doing the uh, the final episode of this season on Friday. We will be doing a, a season retrospective after that, I suppose, the following Monday. Um, so I know there was a request out there from our pal Shmahu, and uh, we... Uh, we do like to uh, to always wrap with a with a season retrospective, uh, looking ahead. If uh, if you're new to the Fantastic Geek family of podcasts, we of course have Defenders to look forward to this August, uh, which has its own feed and is also on the Pop Culture Podcast feed. Uh, ditto for Inhumans in uh, September and uh, and whatever the future might hold. Like uh, uh, the 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 Punisher just wrapped. <laughs> there's this thing called star trek discovery so we've got a lot of uh things punched on our dance card just yet for 2017 hope that you will be along the way with us uh from the iron fist podcast by fantastic geek beyond that matt we are uh having a little raffle on uh, our iTunes feed, uh, people who leave us a review on iTunes for the Fantastic Geek Pop Culture Podcast will be in the running to win a Cinepack box of Cinnabon that will be drawn uh, after the live tweet of the second episode of the third season of Better Call Saul. Which, of course, happens tonight, Pete. So people want to get those reviews in ASAP. Absolutely. Just make sure you've got a Cinnabon nearby. Otherwise, you're going to have a uh, rather useless piece of paper, which, hey, suitable for framing, but uh, you can't eat it. Time to step inside the dojo and deconstruct this episode. We begin, Matt, with an upside-down ward. Awake, he sees... Uh, a rather strangely shot in terms of the movement Harold in the corner there uh, asks him for a little help. He of course comes forward knife in his gut, removes it, tells him he's so hungry <laughs> um, to which of course Ward freaks out um, and uh, he disappears. Harold does then quickly reappears and explains how uh, first he's going to uh, eat uh, Harold and then Joy. Not Joy, no! Uh, around this point, Pete, and by the way, some nice camera work there first suggesting then confirming that uh, Ward is hallucinating his father. Uh, but it's at this point when uh, Nurse Stacy comes in to check on him Ward says he doesn't like to be strapped in, and uh, he offers her a better deal, her yearly salary tonight to get Ward out of there so Ward can save his sister from, from. But Stacy Pete lays down the good book, saying that this too shall pass. 
Uh, what he's experiencing is a terrible case of withdrawal, and that's what that's what he's going through. That's the, the, the cross worst he's, she's got she's ever seen. It's because he's got the synthetic age, Pete. Uh, but uh, Ward bucks against the restraints, and uh, time passes. And uh, I have to feel a little sympathy for Ward in the, the throes of his addiction here. Absolutely. I don't think it can be taken lightly in context with the real world. I mean, hand synthetic heroin, of course, being an invention of the show to underscore how they're making money and enslaving people as as addicts. Uh, later on, the door opens, Matt. Uh, somebody comes in. Uh, we find out that it's Bakudo. He's uh, really super friendly, as he will be for other parts of this episode. Um, he's here to help. Uh, he's uh, explains to Ward he's been poisoned by Madame Gao's synthetic heroin. Wait, you know her? Uh, my name's Bakudo. The the meds I'm putting in your IV here. Think of these as a as a shortcut past your withdrawal symptoms. Uh, are you with the hospital? He wants to know, Matt. Yeah, not exactly. He's he he is with the hand. He says, uh, but he's offering up the quid pro quo here: more carrot than stick. Uh, the hand wants to be aligned with nice, happy corporations like Rand. You know those corporations that actually rule the world. This heroin fix is a uh, is a cocktail that could belong to Rand. So good news, Pete. Rand can be both the uh, unknown source of the heroin epidemic and the known source of its solution. However, there's a more immediate deal on the table. Ward is to help Bakuto uh, capture the Iron Fist, and in exchange, the Meacham kids will be safe. Title card. Indeed, Pete. And the title card reveals this episode is directed by Andy Goddard, who is a veteran of a number of things you have seen, Pete, and some things that you haven't. He's done one Doctor Who, six Downton Abbeys, a Daredevil, a Luke Cage, and in the future, two Punishers. I recognized all of the American stuff, the English stuff. I'm not quite sure what you're referring to uh as we begin the rest of the episode matt we have danny and colleen walking down the street still chewing over the events of the previous episode bakudo you see was her sensei um she she uh laments everything that's gone on there uh davos is not far behind uh, encouraging Danny not to believe anything that she says because she's hand. That she is. By the way, Pete, at this point, it's it's late at night. They are yelling at each other as they walk down the the uh, sidewalk. D Davos is yelling too. I don't particularly have a problem with that. What I do have a problem with is that there are no New Yorkers coming out to say, Hey, shut up, you bleep and bleep. Shut up your mouth about the hand. <laughs> I'm trying to sleep here. I got, I got, I got work in the morning, and you're out here yelling about the hand or some karate. Hey, Harold, it's Danny Rand yelling about the hand. <laughs> it's that guy from the newspaper. Uh, anyhow, Pete, um, we do have the uh, the reminder that uh, Colleen considers herself to be former hand. Um, she is unwilling to blow up the compound. Students from the dojo are there. Um, 
Davos, however, reminds Danny of the rather uh, myopic view that the Iron Fist is to defeat the Hand no matter what. Pete, with that, take us to the penthouse. Well, Matt, that's where Joy and Harold are uh, ready to pull the plug or have already pulled the plug, right? I think we we established that they did and are waiting for um, Danny and uh, Davos to, to kind of clean them up that uh, that'll happen once they've flushed Bakudo out into the open. But uh, the discussion is about the reunion here. Harold doesn't believe that a week ago uh, he would be here probably because he was in a bog in Pelham Bay Park. <laughs> um, but that left out. Um, Joy points out that the, uh, the reunion would be better if they were not taking down drug dealers. But you know what, Matt? We take our blessings where we can find them. Hey! That's the thing Harold used to say when she sat with him during chemo. What unfolds from there? It's an incredibly honest moment. Uh, Joy saying that she wouldn't have missed sitting with her father. Uh, she wouldn't have missed it for the world because she felt like she had him all to herself. And uh, she also hopes that when this is all over, they can have a nice family vacation. Dad, Joy, Ward, even Danny tear down my cheek pete because uh i don't know that she's gonna be able to have that but speaking of the happy family one of them arrives ward in particular looking pete he doesn't have the shaky hand anymore uh he wants to have a word with joy alone dad and uh he says he's all better now harold doesn't want to let his kids talk alone however he does give them a little space while asking one of the goons that's singleton to check how ward was released yeah, and then when pressed on it, uh, Ward says that, uh, yeah, you know, it's part of the whole NA business to uh, to go spend some some time with her and and apologize and be right. But Harold points to, well, it's funny, you know, Singleton called the hospital and no doctor signed off on your release, despite urging that he's on the road to wellness. Matt Ward doesn't seem here at least to be on the road of honesty indeed he starts to rant and rave this is while joy and harold and singleton and the other goon kind of all start to close in uh ward here continues his descent he fights off the goons he pulls a gun on them road to wellness indeed he demands that joy go with them and uh while on the one hand this is reminiscent of any scene where someone has a gun and is making demands Irony continues to be uh, in the situation here. Ward clearly looking in the wrong, even though we know on a certain level he is in the right, that much is being done for the machinations of the hand. Uh, speaking of which, Pete, he has Joy push the elevator button. Bakudo and more hand come in, so it's like a hand standoff. It's a, it's a great shot uh, in the background there. We see it open as she's about to push the button and can't completely make it out, but we know what it's, it's going to be. And there is, uh, Bakudo smiling with, uh, with four members of the hand, including my favorite member of the hand, Hispanic leather ponytail. Pete, what's nice about the hand is they take all, they take all people. They are 
this it's it's like Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future, except they also sell lots and lots of heroin to people and sometimes do like blood banks where they steal blood from dying people and then re uh, reanimate the dead. And otherwise it's Star Trek. Indoctrinate people and place them in vital and sensitive areas and is yeah, the hand compound a metaphor for Starfleet Academy? Absolutely not. Oh. Well, I'm going to disappoint it. Um, Bakudo calls for silence from all those chatty Meachams uh, when Ward gets in his face. Uh, Ward receives a simple silencing chop to the chest. Uh, Harold's goons pull their guns. They get gunned down for their trouble. R.I.P. Singleton and other guy. Uh, I believe Joy... that, was, that was Kevin. Kevin. Oh, Kevin. Uh, Joy, but not Harold, gets sprayed by blood, um, which is a little interesting. Um, that actually, that blood spray becomes the backbone of her performance for the next few minutes, just kind of looking at the blood on her hands. Um, Ward is asked to stop the money transfer as Bakudo calmly decries the theft of his money. Um, this family drama might require a therapist, says Bakudo, if anyone survives the night, Pete. <gasps> What's going to happen? Um, and uh, Bakudo points out that Harold must be quite the bitter pill um, because his son has given them access to Rand in exchange for killing him. Like, really killing him. Like, we're going to decapitate you. And apparently the hand resurrection thing won't work anymore. Well, Pete, they're going by the the uh, Wolverine rules, which are if you keep the head far enough away from the body, then uh, regeneration cannot occur. But does hand metaphysics that allows resurrection function by those same rules? They certainly seem to think so. This is the, I don't want to quite call it deus ex machina because that would be a misuse of it. But this is the. Because nowhere is, was it stated, hey, we're going to chop off your head and bring your head to Westchester and your body will remain in New York and you're done. Perhaps it's not stated that clearly. I, certainly I got the. I think by him saying we're going to chop off your head and make sure another one doesn't grow back, you know, th that kind of thing. I'm, I'm of course giving a little bit of a hydra slant to it, right? But I mean, to me, it's like it's all they're able to define the the mystical rules for us. Well, Matt, it only takes Ward a second to go around the corner, you know, to the secret Rand computer that controls like all of the money and everything, and within seconds get Bakudo's uh, money taken care of. Everybody knows, Pete, that international Swiss bank account finances, there's always that little undo button, and you just click undo a couple times and it goes back. I mean, that's just, that's just how it is. Um, Harold, at this point, is downed but defiant. Uh, Ward seems to be trying to scramble to solve the situation and joy. Still kind of sitting there, shocked by the blood. Um, there's a great line, though. What can Ward do to help give Bakuto his phone? Why? Obviously, Bakuto would like to make a phone call. 
that and that Ward doesn't want this done in front of Joy attempting to uh, spare her the unpleasantness, um, but not that of having the uh, the blood of uh, Singleton and Kevin on her when she bears really no reason as to have that. Uh, the story takes us back yet again to Colleen's dojo. Uh, she's having a wound tended by Danny. He talks about the duality of life. And uh, he even says he wants to put her in a hotel. By the way, Pete, the um, the Hogarth Hotel that we saw Danny in in episode two-ish, three-ish over there, uh, actually a real location. So I'd like to... Uh, Correct myself from several episodes ago, wondering if that was a set. No, no, it's at a real hotel. Maybe Danny wants to put her there uh, since she isn't safe in the dojo, but Colleen won't hide. She wants Bakuto dead. With that, Pete, I don't know if Samsung phones do like FaceTime or their own version of it. Maybe, as suggested by the aforementioned uh, Shmahu on uh, Twitter, maybe it's a Skype, but he gets a video call from Bakuto. What does Danny see, Pete? Well, he shows, um, Bakudo does, that he is with the Meachams and uh, explains that it's sorry it came to this, but he has a few options. He should look at this as a compliment about how much he means to him. And then he shoots Joy in the right side. Camera work-wise, there's some really nice intercutting between the phone footage and, you know, TV show camera footage. Um, certainly shocking that uh, Joy is shot. Also a nice job uh, in terms of the, the uh, practical nature of it. The fact that they kind of show the squib going off, you know, she goes from not wounded to, you know, the, the well, the squib going off. Uh, that's all very, very nice. And with that, Danny is on his way. If he doesn't get there in time, Pete, Joy may be kaput and Harold may lose his head. Yes, having put the sword there to the back of Harold's neck. But um, troubled me a little bit that Bakudo's just able to say, and I get for story purposes, okay, I shot her. It's a clean in and out. Uh, if we get her to the hospital in a half hour, she'll be fine. But uh, he he can do that just by aiming it and knowing, oh, I, I missed anything that, that might have caused a problem. Felt a little too convenient. Uh, the, the story flashes ahead 28 minutes, Matt, because we know there are two minutes left here after the discussion of not surrendering and you're the Iron Fist and, you know, all, all that uh, before Danny hurriedly leaves the dojo um but uh you know bakudo wants his hostage to live so he gives ward something to put pressure on the wound they give her something to drink that should help with the pain um ward is imploring bakudo at this point to let him take her to the hospital um but danny's supposed to come here and um joy in her uh, state says that uh, Danny always does the right thing, unlike her and Ward. Um, and then, Matt, we get, I think, what was pretty well done in terms of 
the the discussion about the sword and and what it's done being in the hand cutting down kings and emperors and lords and tyrants and now just a businessman is going to perish at the end of it and Harold of course doesn't want to desecrate the integrity of such a blade um but his uh his last words here Matt or his perceived last words just another great moment out of uh, David Wenham, who's really chewed up this character. Um, you know, telling to telling Ward that he's invested his entire life into him, raised him to be great, and you're my biggest disappointment. Joy, I apologize to you. I love you. Never trust him again. Okay, I'm ready. And not only delivers those lines with such conviction, the fact that he then declares himself ready to go, ready for his life to end, looks up at Bakudo, just kind of ready to ready to accept his fate. The blade is raised. With that, Danny arrives. Whew. That was a close call. And Bakudo notes that Danny was cutting it close there. Danny is ready to go with Bakuto and argues that he doesn't need to be cuffed. Uh, Bakuto says that even without the power of the fist, he still is a formidable opponent. Uh, so Danny gets the cuffs regardless. On the way out, Bakuto apologizes uh, that Ward won't get the promised death of his father. But hey, kid, at least you know how to do it. Pete, it's, it's the, old, uh, the old saying, teach a man or kill a man's father for him. He is happy for one day show a man how to kill his own father then he knows how to do it for the rest of his life it's a sweet little <laughs> saying from the old country yeah um joy uh doesn't want to let them take danny um as harold is tending to her here um trying to calm her down uh, she then, you know, speaks up more to which he tells her to shut up. He's sorry for the outburst. Carry on. Uh, I.E. Go ahead and leave us, guys, instead of beheading me. Uh, by the time the story moves to the elevator, uh, Bakudo tells Danny that they are leaving a pit of vipers. He tells the story of the sack man, the, the, the boogeyman, if you will, who would steal away bad boys. Pete. This is a metaphor. The Iron Fist is to become the new Sackman for someone in the hand organization. Pete, I can't wait for it to be made clear by the end of this season who that someone is. Wink, wink. I bet it's going to give us a little extra propulsion uh, to uh, to defenders. But we'll get there when we get there. Bakudo says that even uh, that he will even help realign Danny's chi to get the fist back. Yeah, promises still in place here, but there is that detail of the someone in their organization who's very anxious to work with him. Um, they get down to the lobby there. The uh, the goons sweep it with their machine guns and pretty effective, uh, effectively shot sequence here. Uh, as they're walking, Danny closes his eyes. There's slow motion. He closes the fist. It's a close-up of a sword of Bakudo smiling smugly. Um, and then the fist lights up and breaks out before Danny swings it back towards Bakudo and it loses its light-up effect. Hmm. I wish the episode got a little more into the particulars of is it 
how much of it is Danny and the focus of his chi versus uh, whatever may or may not have been on the tip of the the uh, what I will say was kind of the, the poisoned arrow, for lack of a better phrase, uh, that we saw an episode or two ago. Um, regardless, uh, I like that we see the return uh, as this fight uh, uh, starts to unfold. I like that we see the return of the multi-screen uh, yes. thing, which we haven't seen all the way since the first or second episode, in which I felt like if you're going to do it in this scene, do it more than do it more so it's kind of a, a it's an aesthetic for the entire fight as opposed to just kind of a brief little uh, bit of seasoning on top but regardless pete it's a sizzling scene uh colleen is both bloodied by and takes out a male opponent no girl on girl fighting here she's able to uh hang with the boys and, and uh, catch a sword with her bare hands <sighs> pete she's That's... tough Oh, absolutely. Uh, Danny says that he has the feeling that he's not allowed to be killed by Bakudo, but that doesn't mean Bakudo tells him that he won't do what it takes to subdue him. Uh, gets his shirt rather obviously slashed, which is a little bit of a metaphor for the remaining couple scenes of this episode. Uh, Davos uh, wrestles with one of the bad guys over a dagger before that's finally used. And they all come down to uh, Bakudo there before he drops at a dead run away from them. Uh, indeed, uh, our, our, our heroes appear to win the day. However, Bakudo runs and indeed runs past a subway station. I thought perhaps we were headed down it, but no. Uh, Danny, Colleen, and Davos in tow. There's rain everywhere, and I had a I have a ton of respect for this scene that they would decide to do it in the rain. It is almost certainly, um, you know, fake rain. Just because you if it if it's going to be raining in the middle of a shot, you have no guarantee that it's going to continue for your entire uh, bit of filming that evening. Um, it's got to add extra coolness, extra just miserableness to it, but it also adds a great aesthetic. Um, they end up in an underpass, so there's kind of rain on the other side, but not where they're at. At the moment, there's blues and greens and gold everywhere. Uh, Bakudo taunts Colleen. She's ready, though, and they both have swords out. They move into the rain to fight. Yeah, it's a decent fight. There's one or two kind of goofy moments of physics. There was one particularly with Colleen where she kind of hops twice and jumps unnaturally in slashing at uh bakudo but i appreciate how it's blocked in that um once her sword breaks that uh it goes into the air it's tracked in the air she tracks it back down and kicks it into his leg yeah that was a that was an awesome moment I just it just crossed my mind now as you were recapping it what Thank goodness it didn't cut her foot as she did that, which it's too cool a moment. And I, that was not a criticism that I had while watching it. So in the moment, it's just plain off, uh, awesome. Um, and with that shard in his leg, uh, she's able to then uh, win the day, bury the rest of her sword into him. But she won't kill him. She's not a killer, Pete. She was never cut out to be the hand. And this is where Davos begins goading the both of them that this is what has to happen 
Danny seems maybe a little further towards doing it um, than Colleen. The whole living weapon thing, the uh, idea of being the defender of uh, Kun Lun. But uh, it's Bakudo who's kind of uh, taunting them as well that that you won't do it, that you won't be the assassin of Kun Lun um, before uh, Davos steps up after in Mandarin, he says, we stay the course and stabs Bakudo in the heart. I like that this whole fight sequence here, th- this portion uh, taking place outside, that it comes up with a really organic reason why it's going to be one-on-one fighting most of the time in a fight. And, and, you know, this is a common film and TV trope, you know, it's five on one. So the five attack one at a time. So there's some great choreography, you know, <laughs> with this to, to start the sword fight with no, no, Danny, it is sensei and, and students. They must resolve this themselves. Uh, then to bring in the, the other players after the fact, it, here it makes sense, and here it's kind of calling attention to what would have been a, a sore spot of, you know, it's three on one. Gee whiz, why can't they take out Bakudo? But kudos to them in this Bakudo fight. Um, Danny, uh, having just seen Davos uh, kill uh, Bakudo, uh, is told that he isn't a warrior, he is a failure. Indeed, Pete, Davos says that Kunlun would have been better off if old Chodak and Tashi never found Danny, suggesting life would have been better if Danny had just died. Well, where that first fight, Matt, as you pointed out, was about honor between sensei and student. This second fight is about anger. And how Davos and Danny feel towards one another and who got what and why. And it's it's fought in a different style than obviously the sword fight, different weapons. And uh, when finally um, Danny has Davos pinned and is telling him to yield with that glowing fist, we feel the the stakes that are obviously there. Theirs is a bare knuckle fight. It has a couple of pauses for dialogue as, as uh, TV fights tend to movie fights tend to, um, uh, is this because Danny is a failure or is it because Danny left Davos? What's, what's the real motivation here? They discuss, um, but that bare knuckle fight, pretty darn good. Uh, Davos is knocked down, but will not yield. He's downed a second time. With that Danny's fist glowing, he is Danny Rand and he is the Iron Fist. Davos wordlessly yields. He gets up and says that he will never understand Danny, but uh, he does understand that the way to Kunlun is open and there's no one guarding the pass. There will be consequences, brother. That's my my English accent again. <laughs> um, Danny's whole point, though, that the fist isn't just for Kunlun is well made on the audience, if not on Davos here. Oh, but Matt, uh, Bakudo is gone. You know, (gasps) the body over there that was stabbed in the heart that we're sure was dead because he was stabbed in the heart, that we were all distracted uh, fighting. He's gone. 
the hand must not have wanted one of their leaders uh, to have been captured even in death. Or is he alive? Stick a pin in that for now. We cut to the hospital uh, where Ward and Harold are. They are finally bringing Joy in. It struck me as kind of weird that in the... Uh, normally you walk into an emergency room and you say, look, emergency, as opposed to kind of come wandering down the hall. But regardless, they sign her in. Uh, they hand her off to medical professionals. They end up in the waiting room dazed. Uh, there's some some bloodied others. Um, I wondered if maybe they were reusing some of the extras from the hand fight two episodes ago, but I digress. They're there in the waiting room uh, with the other uh, you know people as as you tend to wait in an emergency room, uh, Ward starts to work on the paperwork while Har Harold is so disgusted by these normal people. Harold whispers in Ward's ear, it took guts what you did, Ward. Uh, now nothing can get in the way of the Meachams uh, from getting Rand back. Ward's forever, son. Ward's forever. Yeah, it's kind of like his graduation here that even he had to topple the king at one point. Um, and... Uh, He's, he's praising his son in a particularly herald move here. Uh, you know, Ward credit, credits it as a mistake, um, but uh, now nothing will get in their way. Meanwhile, Danny served his purpose. So you know what? Let's give him a call. Uh, they, they get him on the, uh, on the speaker phone there in the car. Um, he's taking care of Bakudo. Uh, yeah, you cut the head off the snake, right? Uh, yeah, nothing about him getting away. <laughs> um, well, I, I think it, that's just Danny being Danny, Pete. Um, and, uh, Harold asks, so you, you'll, where are you? You'll be at the dojo. Great. No, no, no. Listen, foster son. There's no need to come to the hospital my my beloved foster son <laughs> get some um, rest get some rest hang out right there at the at the dojo my boy excellent just excellent glad to hear you're at the dojo um the harold portion of the scene concludes with him sarcastically coughing at a sick coughing man that's harold in a nutshell and it's great it is uh meanwhile danny can't seem to come up with anything to uh repay colleen um, except of course his thanks. He's glad he doesn't have to be someone's sack man, but what happened with Davos was ugly. Pete, these two young lovebirds outside the dojo as they are, they kiss time passes in the dojo. Colleen wakes to the sound of music. Uh, Danny is practicing his moves I love, Pete, that there's this odd feeling that everything is over, that the story climax has been reached and we're all good to go here. It's a, it, it's a feeling that I appreciate. It's misleading in a good way. We know there still is an episode to go, even as to the sweet beat, they practice their moves together in sync. There's a, a sensual mix of dance and martial arts and emotion. It's all really, really wonderful. And then, Pete, ding, ding, the music, perhaps just heard by us, is interrupted by a text. Yeah, uh, it's from Ward of all people. Get out now. Uh, hey, how does Ward even know where we are? Um, because he was next to Harold in the waiting room of the hospital filling out paperwork. They're coming for you. I could not read. I tried really, really hard 
what um, Danny replied. I think he wrote hand question mark. Um, but then it's clear when Ward types back, Harold has set you up, um, not knowing what they're, what he's talking about, Ward. Uh, they check the window. We see SUVs roll up. Looks like Gao's men could be Bakudos. Uh, Danny throws on his hoodie. Uh, Colleen has her sword. They bust in. There's a beat down, Matt. Um, and uh, when they tell him, uh, Danny Rand, uh, get down, um, they throw the, uh, the helmeted, uh, you know, geared up guys down and we reveal DEA on their backs. Danny, what are they doing here? Oh man, Pete, they, Colleen and Danny, they fight their way out of the dojo. More DEA guys. They are on the run. Danny doesn't even have shoes. And it's with that hook that we end the penultimate episode. sparring partners let's take a look at who danny faced off against in this episode pete first up it's a little bit less of a face-off more of a mind off danny v harold danny doesn't even know he's being he's being uh you know having his strings pulled like he's a marionette well i mean in the context of this episode that is not completely clear the portion i want to talk about with harold is the stuff with him and bakudo uh ironically bakudo calls them a the meachums a pit of vipers when his organization is no different matt they eat their own and uh with with harold so committed to his cause that he calls his son a disappointment before he's prepared to lose his noggin uh but is going to uh, you know, let Joy know that he loves her and uh, hope that somehow she'll recover from losing her father a second time in front of her with the loss of his head. This is a person who truly believes his own ideology and it's all about him. Pete, I don't know where they get the inspiration for characters like like Harold Meacham. Let's move on to Bakudo, who, uh, for the purposes of this episode anyway, meets his end. Uh, certainly acquitting himself well in the fight, but uh, Pete, it's always the tip of the katana that you don't see coming. That's the one that gets you. The charm in particular that uh, Bakudo exhorts in this episode, showing up at the penthouse and you know, how cordially he's leading Danny away and the the dangled detail about somebody, Sigourney Weaver, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> who wants to uh, to work with him. Um, it's, it's effective and it uh, balances out Harold's real, you know, scheming, uh, you know, uh, persona. Pete, if this is the uh, last episode for Bakuto, as the episode would uh, would have you believe, let's just take a minute to acknowledge the fact that the uh, 
despite all the other casting controversy for this show, here you have a character named Bakuto, which to my ears uh, sounds vaguely Asian. Uh, you have him in the role of sensei. You have him in the role of uh, high-placed hand. Uh, they went out and got a Puerto Rican actor. So hats off there for, A, reinforcing the notion that the hand is uh, is agnostic when it comes to your uh, <laughs> anything other than the quality of your heart and the badness in it. But... Uh, you know, again, it, we're looking for diversity on screen. We have it with this uh, with this sensei character played by uh, a Hispanic gentleman. Time to focus our chi and look inside this episode. Pete, first theory: Will we get the the, the next higher up, the next big bad, as uh, as hinted at by Bakudo? Will we get that person? Perhaps. As you hinted, Sigourney Weaver, well, will will we learn more in the the next and final episode of season one of Iron Fist? Well, that's a loaded question, Matt. You had to ask me that. Um, I'm not going to comment about that. And being at New York Comic Con as we were the Saturday that they completed the shoot of Iron Fist and introduced to the world uh, Sigourney Weaver as the villain of the defenders. I mean, the, the timing was certainly interesting, but, uh, some, uh, some fish mats are just a little too big for certain series. Fair enough. Pete, what theories do you have? This resurrection gift that the hand has only given to a few and given how poorly it worked out here with Harold Meacham. What do you think is is up with this, particularly the decapitation clause? Well, I I'm okay with the idea that there is still ultimately a way to to um, kill people who have this. We've seen Harold die uh, the second time. Let's not forget, and then there's kind of the delay in regeneration um both both physical as well as mental um so i'm okay kind of saying whatever it is if you if you somehow separate the body and you know where where better than at the neck you know if you separate the pieces then you can't uh, regenerate heck i'm sure that's the case with you know geckos and things like that that there's a limit where you can't cut a gecko in half and end up with two geckos um i like it and and pete i'll kind of twist one back to you are are we leaving wiggle room for the reveal uh, that Bakudo has already had his life extended once? And uh, he, it's not that the hand came and uh, and scooped him up. He just quick woke up from the meager stab to the heart and uh, scurried off himself. You can have it either way. And I think, you know, as viewers, multiple possibilities is preferred to to just one that he was silently dragged off by his minions as opposed to um you know either he wasn't dead or matt if if you've had the magic once that it happens again and you you die you wake up again you pull the knife and then scurry off so i think that it's uh you know again tantalizing is is the word that comes to mind um but with that with whoever this person is that uh, Bakudo 
uh, serves. Um, we've even been told by Gao earlier in this season that uh, her master had okayed uh, the the terms that Danny set forth before the the grand duel. So these are hand leaders seen as ostensibly hand leaders who have people they report to. So whether it is the hand still, or, you know, I come back to uh, Claire's uh, joke, the ear, the arm, who knows? Let's listen to some messages from the mystical city of Kunlun. Pete, we mentioned Shmahu at the top of the episode. We mentioned him again. Now he sent a tweet just yesterday uh, saying, I've just finished Iron Fist. Finale guaranteed to leave you at least 40% satisfied. Surely this isn't a spoiler comment. First of all, I thank Shmahu for respecting the spoiler-free zone. Second of all, uh, is there, do you have be- a spoiler whistle? Uh, no, there's no spoiler no. whistle. There's there's just the the kind of um, stern stare of like, excuse me, you just spoiled me. And that's one of the worst things that you can do oh, in goodness. pop culture. But uh, glad to hear that he's uh, he's finished it. And I at least 40% satisfied. Okay, that that's a good starting point. Hopefully we can build build on up uh, from that that platform that he has given us. I of course, Matt, will urge everybody to take in content at at their own rate. And you know what? If other people can't catch up, well, you know, that's just too bad. Pete all good is the contributions and the help given to us by our friendly friends on patreon.com slash fantastic geek keeping the lights on keeping the storage and the bandwidth going want to say thank you one and all absolutely our patrons here help us immensely uh everybody who gives at any level gets exclusive podcast content uh, you can then pick from there on up particular perks after that. So give it a check there at patreon.com. Fantastic geek. That's P A T R E O N.com. Pete always on the freebie though is interacting with you on Twitter. How can people do so? You can find me on Twitter at Peter P I E T E R J K E T L A A R nine thousand one hundred fifty eight followers. Can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter's looking back lost, you can be in touch with the podcast in a whole variety of ways. We are Fantastic Geek. That is fantastic with a PH. Fantasticgeek.com, fantasticgeek at gmail.com, under that name on Twitter and Instagram as well. Where else, Pete? Facebook.com forward slash fantastic geek with the PH, all one word. Like it today, like away. Pete, we will be back this Friday to conclude the episodic focus on the Iron Fist podcast. But don't worry, friends, we will be back next Monday, one week from uh, tonight to uh, do a season one wrap up and I'm sure also take a look ahead to some of the other goodies for us this summer on the pop culture podcast feed uh, defenders and uh, humans etc etc hopefully more agents of shield so with that Pete 
I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. I forgot how disgusting people are. <laughs> <laughs>